<laughs> All right, welcome to Podcast Idea episode 12. Today I'm joined by Elias. That's me. And we're just going to be talking about him, mostly, and some other things to do with business, work, and a special news topic that I, I got for us later on. All right, let's start. So why don't you just tell us a, a little bit about yourself, Elias? Well, my name is Elias. I'm 19 years old. Uh, I recently graduated high school, and right now I'm working at like a, a what are they called in English? Even warehouse. Great start. Yeah, warehouse. Warehouse. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> great start. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So, what do you do in the warehouse? We unpack things. Uh, we uh, like scan them into a system, and we pack them down, and we ship them away. So. Um, so, what types of products? I mean. Laptops, uh, basically anything that a school would use. Mm -hmm. Maybe some speakers, but mostly laptops, uh, screens, and uh, yeah, nothing exciting really. <laughs> nothing exciting. <laughs> All right, great. Uh, why don't you tell me a, a little bit about what you want to do, goals in general? Yeah, so. Because you're not studying right now. Yeah. Right? Do you plan to study? Yeah. Why? Um, why? What? Yeah, uh, actually, uh, yeah, entrepreneurship. Uh huh. Um, like the only course I think, or like degree or something, um, in Sweden, I believe. Um, and I am doing that basically because uh, because of uh, UF. Okay, Have you that's, heard of it? That's uh, young and entrepreneurship, yeah, pretty much, exactly. right? Because uh, I was like really confused what I was gonna do in my life, um, uh -huh. and I was like thinking into maybe some sort of arts thing not like painting more like graphical design um all right which i do like but i don't see myself working with that for the rest of my life mm -hmm. um but then i got this course in high school and i've like found like yeah this is what i'm gonna do so uh -huh. then i found the uh, degree in stockholm and i'm moving next summer or this summer that rather all right so 2020 <laughs> yeah right nice uh we actually discussed a little bit uh, usually here about entrepreneurship and and business the differences and i i actually talked about how i think i'm into entrepreneurship and uh reasons why i could not be as well right with all my colleagues here that we we discuss it a, li a little bit and um it's interesting because um, I don't know if you can recall anything in your past that would point you that in that way. Uh, just as a detour before you answer, uh, I also heard that like maybe some skills instead of just going straight to business or entrepreneurship to study in school, maybe it's even better to go for something like uh, graphic design, like you're doing, and open a a company and use that skill in the company. Yeah. Right. Because that's what you're doing in school, pretty much. You're learning skills. Yeah. So uh, some people are against teaching entrepreneurship because it's uh, something that maybe you learn more from experience. What's your take on that? You think yeah. that's true? Or? I agree with them. I think yeah, uh, just going, uh, getting a like <clears throat> three or five year degree, uh, just focused on uh, entrepreneurship is it's not going to turn out well. Um, since at that point you could. Probably, I, I haven't done the course yet, but no, of course I'm not. just guessing that you could have done like a business major instead or learning uh -huh. how to open up a company and like running things. Um, and that's why 
like there's majors and stuff of course so i'm probably gonna major in maybe some sort of graphical design thing or just you know something that can spawn ideas because you know steve jobs sometimes said i think he said this Uh don't quote me on this yeah yeah no um but to run a great company you need two people okay Uh, one person like steve who's um great great like good enough with people uh, as steve was sure um that can handle the business stuff um and most like he the person has to be a a visionary Mm -hmm. the ideas have to come from them and kind of the goal has to be set up by them and then another person that just drives steve wozniak the genius behind it all that actually does the things that the visionary wants um and since my i'd say my best skill is people i will hopefully like find some i already (laughs) have met some extremely intelligent people yeah i feel like there's no way in my life that i could get as smart or as good at math or physics or whatever uh, or programming than that they are um so hopefully i'll maybe contact them uh Uh when i'm done and offer them a business proposal yeah so that's my plan pretty much Okay, and tell me, why don't you start now? Well, what's keeping you from starting? Just as a general question. Um, do you mean starting my degree or starting business like company? Yeah, um, your ideas in general, let's say that. Yeah, because uh, I think there's a lot of things that I can learn without risk with this degree. Because mm-hmm. while you could learn from just failing over and over, uh, which is like realistically most likely what I'll do. Um, sure. Like you know, I might strike gold, uh, but <laughs> it's pretty improbable. Well, um, uh, if you keep trying, yeah, even if sure. you're failing, then you will. Yeah. Some point. Um, so I think there's a lot of steps that could be skipped with this degree. Uh, it's but that's like a really minor part because I can like so far live at home. Um, I'm not going to be kicked out in any reasonable <laughs> amount of time. Uh, so it's mostly just for networking and for the experience since, it, I mean, it's free and I'm working now, saving up so I can live and maybe not eat ramen every day. Uh, so it's a lot of networking because you'll meet a lot of people that yeah, probably will be your friends for life. Yeah, but... So you mean this instead of like starting a company alone or, okay, but just as a hypothetical here, wouldn't you, since you have the advantage that you're still at home and you don't have to pay for rent, you don't have to eat ramen, like you said, well, why don't you start something like something small? Yeah, that's true. Um, Do you think what's keeping you is time or will? I don't think it's... I don't know. Uh, it's not will, definitely not. Okay. Um, time, like since I'm already set on this course, it's kind of hard to change now. Mm-hmm. Like I've had uh, ideas for mostly like products that I th- think that, oh, I really want this. But then, and then I think, oh, so maybe I'll just create it. And then a quick Google search later, there's 200 different super yeah. large scale productions already. So I kind of have to give up at that point. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so basically just now I'm just saving like all of my money, not only for uh, 
like special ramen instead of the cheap uh, <laughs> stuff, um, but also to have some sort of capital uh, to start something eventually. Okay, so to start something bigger, yeah, you, you think. So, just as a comment for for you, just when you told me about your ideas that you've had and you saw so many other ideas, uh, the same as yours. Why instead you don't start from the other side? You find an idea you like, yeah, and then you improve it. Does, does that sound appealing, or yeah. does that sound unoriginal? Uh, that's a, one of the things my uh, teacher actually told me. Okay. Um, when I told these things to them, uh, <clears throat> but then when I explained these ideas, they're like hard to improve on, since like one of the things was a. Um, I don't know. They're uh, they're really common in laptops where you can just cover the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the a clip for the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's really cheap to manufacture. And we have a three D printer. Uh -huh. So what I thought was that I can just make them at home and probably uh -huh. sell them, um, probably in town and not distribute them. Just get like a test of how uh -huh. well they would sell. Um, the problem with that is that like 3d printing printing is it's cheap but it's not that cheap it's not like injection molding which is just uh -huh. insanely cheap especially in china okay t tell me what is injection molding uh, just one thing Elias. be careful with the microphone to keep it close yeah right, right. yeah um it's when you have like say a metal mold of a okay i don't know a chair uh, -huh. uh and you have a sort of a syringe <laughs> <laughs> cameraman uh, with the, the timer uh, and the syringe will inject plastic into this mold and mm. then you just separate the two molds and you'll have a chair and the like upstart cost of that is pretty expensive since you need some huge metal molds okay but plastic is super cheap and you can crank uh -huh. these out all the time actually there's a pretty fun way to see if something you own has been uh, made this way Okay. Um, there's a really common plastic chair. Uh, uh -huh. I don't know how to describe it, but I mean, you'll know it when you see it. What? Yeah, you mean like those n regular ones that are white and yeah, yeah. I I know <laughs> what you mean. Chair, yeah, yeah, the plastic chair. Um, yeah. If you look on like uh, right under it, uh -huh. um, there's gonna be like a little I don't know a, snip, a, a line pin. Yeah, a line. Oh, I know what you mean. It's yeah. like where they pour the actual plastic. Yeah. Right, I know what you mean because a lot of things have yeah, that. Right, it's super common, and you can make like Lego yeah. bottles of uh, like um, water bottles have that right at the very bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they should be like yeah. Be. I think those they inflate it with air and then they go on the mode. I'm guessing. I don't very know. Possible. I don't know either. Maybe someone can correct me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So 3D printing, while it's cheap. It's really slow, and it's compared to injection molding, it's super expensive. So, uh, and also, there's going to be a lot more of a markup for me to for it to be worth uh, my time. Mm -hmm. um, and the design is so simple, right? Like you switch, you just yeah, flip it forward and backward, and that's it. Uh huh. Um, so while I thought like maybe like yeah, there's probably might be some way to improve on it, mm -hmm. but. I don't know if you can come up with anything right now, but it's like, it's so simple. The only thing I could actually come up with, like from all of this talk, uh, it's more of a question for you as well. Yeah. Is there, uh, what, what is the main cost or, or the main thing that makes 
the filament for the 3D printer expensive? Do you know that? Because I don't. I don't know. I'll say that. But I would guess that it's the... I don't know, like the... Um, for it not to be grainy or have texture. Okay. It needs to be smooth, I guess. So it's not a patent. Like, no. it's not a patent. All right. No, because um, maybe another business idea, maybe thinking of the big picture would be... be to make filament. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, instead of selling that, go to the source and find a, a way to make the filament cheaper. Yeah. Or if it was for... Or, or maybe you find a way to make a new 3D printer that needs um, or that uses filament that's made from other plastic that yeah. you can reuse. Then you yeah, already... I mean, you could put some kind of environmental spin on it that exactly. probably the plastic isn't like made from renewable sources because there's really no renewable sources for plastic, but maybe not used from the like ocean trash. Or yeah, no, but like recycle. Yeah, right? of course. So maybe you can only use like water bottles. Yeah. But instead of putting it for punt, you only put it there. Yeah. Right. I don't know. It's an idea. Yeah. I don't know uh, how how feasible that is. Maybe in the near future we can find something else. But that could be a startup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so tell me, you mentioned that you actually had some other ideas along the way, right? Yeah. And that you actually told your teachers and stuff. The the thing for the camera you thought about. What else did you think about? Um, for my bathroom, uh, when I take a shower, okay, I can see myself in the mirror. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I, before uh, I cut my hair, I used to have like hair to my shoulders or something. Okay. Um, and a fun thing I realized was that you can make a unicorn, like horn, <laughs> uh, with shampoo. Sure. Uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the problem, <laughs> as you all know, um, when you have hot water is that uh, makes uh, condensation so i can't okay. see my beautiful horn okay um so that's what so that's when <laughs> i started experimenting uh with okay. like how to remove this condensation uh, -huh. uh and you know water is gonna isn't gonna help uh so i poured some shampoo from my hair uh, onto it okay and then with some like light water spray it would stay just i don't uh, dry or it wouldn't be filled with the condensation uh for like 10 15 minutes uh, so i thought well where like people are probably not going to buy this from um for their shower because okay. not everyone uh, has long hair or rather makes uh, a unicorn oh my horn. god <laughs> uh, but i mean or just buy a mirror <clears throat> yeah yeah but still conversation could, right yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe i don't know like a car uh, the uh, backwards facing mirrors uh-huh um I guess there could be some sort of uh, condensation, or rather, uh, it would be good if they were water repellent, right? Yeah, because like the water is a thing. Yeah, because like sometimes you have to put your like your arm yeah. there and take it away. That that's that could be. And a you thing. can avoid like scraping because if there's no water, there's not going to be any ice. Yeah. Uh, so save like ten minutes every day. Uh -huh. Um, and. I kind of forgot about the idea and it came back like, I don't know, once a month Okay. Um, until I actually saw a post on Reddit uh -huh. of this exact product that used like some hydrophobic, I don't know, something where you just apply a large or a small like piece of tape uh -huh. and then pull it away and then it's going to be water repellent. 
Um, so, All right. I mean, maybe if I would have pursued it, uh, it would have been hard since I still was in high school. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, no, but he was there. Yeah. It was just hard to execute. Uh, <clears throat> but that's like the other like main thing that I thought that I would actually be able to turn into something probably not using shampoo for the <laughs> water repellent properties yeah but, but, something like but i get the idea it, yeah. it comes from that yeah yeah no but that could have been great and it could still be great right because we yeah uh, think about it we don't that. see it everywhere right yeah it's, not everyone uses it so you can get an idea that you thought of in the beginning get other ideas people thought of and did it yeah repurpose it and make it even better and market it better mm. as well so people use it right so well that's that's maybe one thing one other thing that i i wanted to touch on here i heard you were in telemarketing before yeah. so tell me a little bit about that your experiences and stuff because uh here before the show we were talking about uh being sociable here in sweden and yeah. and like uh interactions and stuff so so fill me in how was that experience and uh, did you like it would you get back yeah, to it? I did. You did. I okay. I loved it. I mean, <laughs> it was horrible. I'm not gonna lie. It's okay. awful. But I, it's like an abusive relationship, honestly. Because <laughs> like when I was there, I most of the time hated it. Okay. Because uh, like when you don't sell anything, it's the worst job in the world. Mm. And when then when you're on a streak, you're it's, it's the best probably thing. better than heroin like honestly, it's <laughs> so great um, okay so it's the best and worst job in the world um the upside was that everyone that worked there except for like two people out of uh, i don't know 20 uh -huh. um were my age or two years younger so we had a really tight-knit kind of community i guess mm -hmm. um but i also just learned a lot of things like Honestly, more people skills. How to talk to people, like strangers. Obviously, selling stuff too. Mm. Um, it's not really like copy paste applicable to regular sales, since you don't go knocking on someone's door usually, unless you're selling some sort of security system mm. um, to tell people that to force people that uh, to buy your stuff. Um, you they come to you. So that's a really large difference, but just the strategies are pretty much the same. You just have to apply them in different ways. All right. And so you, you got more skills from that. Yeah. Uh, how could you apply those skills if you had, for example, a business or, or maybe in just normal life? How, how did that help you overall or did it actually help you? I think preparing a pitch. Okay. That's a, like pitching an idea. Yeah. Like the, the elevator pitch. Uh -huh. It's like, it's kind of easy, but it's also the hardest thing ever. <laughs> to make sure. a great elevator pitch that actually stands out, it's probably really hard. Uh, I haven't done many of like straight up elevator pitches in my life, um, so mm -hmm. I wouldn't know. Um, but I think that's important when being an entrepreneur um, <clears throat> is, I mean, probably would go to a lot of con conventions or something mm -hmm. um, or just places where you can meet people and then when you see someone important maybe you're maybe not in an elevator but you're working out a flight of stairs 
You mm. can throw an idea and a card in 30 seconds. Yeah, so if you have that down, yeah, for sure. I think not only that, but like if you have a business already, right? And you you want to make sure you have a a goal, right? Or a business a business goal. Yeah. Uh, of what you what to tell people uh, in short what the business is about and maybe maybe knowing how to develop that yeah or knowing how to at least communicate that yeah could be could be important yeah because I think the we actually had a, like a small snippet of this uh, learning how to make an elevator pitch mm-hmm. um, in yeah in high school uh, not in the uh, Uh, UF uh, course, but just as a part of our, uh, uh, just losing the word. Um, yeah, we learn how to make an elevator pitch, anyways. Oh, okay. So part of your school course. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, and I think the main thing that everyone took away from that was that it's not about telling the person why it's going to be great because of you know. I don't know statistics or whatever. You gotta kind of more convey a feeling, because uh, that's a really similar thing to uh, marketing or telemarketing. That they don't buy the product rarely, like maybe because of the product. You mean? Yeah, I mean just buying the things over phone. It's weird uh-huh. because you don't actually know anything. I could be. I mean, there there are laws uh, yeah. telling me that I can't lie uh, when selling th- stuff, but. Like, do you really trust someone? It could be a scam. Yeah, right? it could be a scam. Yeah. Um, so it's like when people, sure, this is a different example because uh, telemarketing has been here for longer, yeah. right? But when people didn't trust buying online, yeah, right. And it's uh, I don't know if you can relate to that. Yeah, but that's like really hard for online sellers because they're not when we call people on telemarketing and make them buy stuff. They're not buying the product. They're buying us. Because uh-huh. I don't go smack dab. On, I, I don't call like some 87-year-old old lady and tell her, you need to buy this product. Okay. I'm going to tell her, like, I'm calling from... You need to buy this product name. from me. Yeah. I, Is that no, it? Not, Is that what no, you mean? You make a connection. Like, uh-huh. you, don't, you don't speak about the product... And, for 15 minutes or like 10 minutes you ask you tell them i'm calling from x company uh what do you do to maintain your great health and that question is really hard that's a barrier you gotta get past but once yeah. you're past that it's just ask them about like do they have pets maybe they take them them on a walk and that's a great tangent for them to get lost on because they're gonna okay. start talking about their pets a bit uh-huh. and you're just gonna deep dive into that uh-huh. oh what's his name what's like I don't know. There's a lot of questions you can ask about pets. So you make them lose themselves in that debate and then like in a nice, not too obvious way, lead them back to the product. So I don't know. If you eat this tablet, it's going to give you more years to spend with Rudolph, your cat. And of course, and then before that, you need to build some sort of anxiety uh, regarding the cat. Like, you don't want to leave your cat alone, right? If you die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, obviously not. Of course not. But with this pill, you're going to live longer. So uh-huh. you're not going to 
Leave your cat yeah, to die. Cat. Oh my god! I mean, that's an extreme example. You <laughs> no, never yeah, say that. But the principle is you're not going to say that directly, but maybe you can imply it. Yeah, sure, I mean, you could. Uh, it's a bit morbid, but I think that's the same. It's about selling like a state of mind or a, an emotion, and that's the same for the elevator pitch. It's not gonna. They're not gonna care about statistics unless you tell them that we have a one billion percent like profit margin. Uh, and that's just not gonna happen. You need to like, or, tell or them, maybe like it's one hundred percent effective or something like yeah, that, right? And then they're gonna say, "Yeah, you're full of crap," and then yeah. they'll walk away. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so you you have to be careful. Yeah, it's all about emotions and just uh-huh. like being interested yourself. I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, I wanted to actually segue from this yeah. related still uh, into social skills. Yeah. And more specifically, it's something that I read in a book, and I discussed this book before in the the podcast. And uh, this book is called Emotional Intelligence. And one of the key things they talk about in in the book, because emotional intelligence is pretty much how you deal with your own emotions and other people's emotions. Yeah. And um, one of the parts of that is social skill. And I think I have a, a definition here, but it's it's pretty much like managing relationships yeah. and uh, networking. Put simply, it's how how to reach people and how to make sure you're doing it right. So to network, right? We already talked a little bit about this, but how would you say that that is important both for telemarketing, for your a career? business career or otherwise and uh how does that differ here in sweden sweden from other places a little a couple questions yeah. there um i mean i think there's few things that are as important to pretty much everything we do uh or like major uh things that happen in life uh, if it's just i don't know asking someone out on a date or meeting your boss for the first time for an interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think reading people is probably as important as knowing how to react to when you've got gotten the information. So so you mean uh, by reading people, like realizing what emotions they're feeling? No, it's not. It's more like realizing what they want expect and want to see from you Mm -hmm. so as an example if you take my old boss as an example he was pretty old and like you could see that he had been pretty fit Uh um and like he was just had like an aura of um he looked nice but also he looked really masculine Okay. Like old man masculine. Uh-huh. He's been through some like some stuff. Okay. Uh, probably a fight or two. So Okay, all right. With that information, like the thing I did was that the first time I met him, I just gave him the grandest old handshake <laughs> I could muster. Um and I saw instantly how he responded positively to that. Uh-huh. Because I think like a handshake is important, of course. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah, it's first impression. Yeah. Um, part of it. And I think I don't want to be too judgmental, but I think um, older people uh, judge more of the first imp- or take more away from the first impression. Okay. Uh, by just the handshake. Uh-huh. Since, I don't know, it's that's how you like 
got a job when Gramps was young. You walked into a store and uh, gave him your best handshake and said, I want a job. He got it. All right. Um, so I think there's a lot more value for uh, older generations placed uh, on a handshake. So just, yeah, knowing how to react to people by looking at them pretty much. Uh-huh. Which can backfire, of course, but it's generally yeah. true. And when managing these relationships, one other thing they mentioned, one other, um, one of these five things they mentioned in the book is also empathy. What do yeah. you know about empathy? Uh, it's good to have. It's good to have. <laughs> yep. What is it? Um, I guess, uh, yeah, feeling or maybe just mirroring um, another person's emotions. Uh, uh-huh. Not not by choice, of course. Uh, but if someone, okay. I mean, if I saw, I don't know, my mom crying, uh-huh. I don't know what she's crying about, but I will be saddened. Uh-huh. And yeah, psychopaths, for example, they yeah, lack they, empathy, they so they lack empathy. they won't yeah. cry unless it will benefit them. Okay, maybe it's easier if you contrast it with uh, sympathy. How is it different? It yes. seems like I'm testing you, but yeah. it's just a, <laughs> no. But um, maybe it's uh, it's interesting. I want to hear your response. Yeah, it kind of depends on like what in what context. But I, I guess just, I mean, if um, you've done something to someone, it's about showing remorse. Um, mm-hmm. But if they've, if you're just an observer, um, it's about letting the people letting the person that has uh, experienced this letting, letting them know that they're yes seen mm-hmm. and that you recognize their problems and that you care for them uh-huh so this is empathy this was sympathy sympathy yeah okay i guess they're kind of intertwined i don't uh, really know how to define them in uh, english if i'm being honest yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look uh i don't take it with a grain of salt because yeah. uh, it's not like I have the exact definitions. But from my understanding, sympathy is pretty much feeling pity for someone. Yeah. So, uh, oh, I feel bad for that person, but yeah. it's that person. It's far away, right? So if you're feeling bad, I would be like, oh, yeah, it's bad that you're feeling bad, <laughs> right? <laughs> sure, but you don't relate to that person. When, you, when you're empathetic towards that person, you show empathy, you um, put yourself in that person's shoes and you uh, you pretty much go through and say, hey, if I was in your position, uh, I would also be sad. Yeah, you kind of live through them. Yeah, I think yeah. your explanation was a lot more no, clear no, than no, mine. But it's, uh, yeah, I, wanted honestly, to, I wanted to know because it's, it's not one of those things that has a, an exact definition sure. or that it should have an exact de- definition. So that's why it's interesting to hear other people's definition yeah. as well. Uh, that one, oh, actually, I actually have a definition for empathy, at least Your, according to the book. Yeah. Right? So here they say, understanding emotional makeup of others and skills in treating people according to their emotional reactions. Yeah. So how to treat people based on their emotions. So you're actually interacting with them. It's not like you're pitying them. And yeah, uh, understanding what they're feeling. Yeah. Which is, it's very close to... Uh, Social skills, because you need empathy for social skills. Yeah. So how, if you were to use these skills in managing people, for example, if you were 
some sort of leader, how would you use it? I mean, the main thing that I also uh, learned in telemarketing was just um, showing more empathy, I guess, mm. and being more understanding. Um, also, which I kind of learned from playing video games, since, say, someone is performing poorly or just sports in general, uh, if you just chew them out and like hurl insult insults at them, um, they're gonna get defensive, and they're not gonna like you, obviously. Um, yeah, which it's obvious when we. But you talk have about to right realize now. that. Yeah, but you have to realize that in the moment. Uh-huh. So, um, you just gotta be understanding, and I think a lot of I think this is more uh, more of a guy problem than uh-huh. uh, girls, but it feels like when. Um, I learned this in like past relationship mm. that when someone comes and has a problem, you kind of gotta judge what kind of problem it is. Because if it's if someone says my phone is broken, help me, uh-huh. uh, you're probably not gonna say, oh, <laughs> you're gonna try and solve it. You're you're gonna try and open it up or Google it at least. Uh-huh. Um, but if someone says my dog died, you can't yeah. solve that. It's impossible. Um, you can't bring the dog back, so you just have to not offer like any explanation or anything like why it happened. You just have to I mean, move on, feel empathy, yeah, yeah. and uh, be just listen to the per- person. Like they don't come to you because they want help with what they're gonna do. They already know what they're gonna do. They're gonna cry, uh-huh. and they want someone to whose shoulder they can cry on. Yeah, yeah. So if something, let's say, you have a business, yeah. right? Something goes terribly bad and you have to close down. It was a failure, right? How would you bounce back from that? Like, if you had um, to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a hard That's question. because re- really hard question. Yeah. But what would you do? Well, well first of all, would you... Dwell on it. Yeah. Or, I mean, not... I, w- I would like to think that I would dwell on it in a kind of critical way. Do you mean what I'm... Uh, do you know what I mean by by dwelling on it? I think so. I, or do you mean like more in a negative sense that... Yeah, like you're, you're just, thinking about it. Like you, you constantly think, hey, I, I failed. Or, uh, oh my God, I'm a failure. Or, yeah. or, or like, uh, what can I do to... Not, not in a sense of... Uh, what can I do to do better? Yeah. But more in only thinking of the mistakes you did. And- right. Um, that's kind of a thing that I can pretty definitely say uh, no. Mm. I mean, yes, I would for like, I don't know, some time. And if it was a catastrophic failure that made me homeless, uh, yeah. I probably would dwell in it a lot. Um, but I think committing mistakes is important. Mm-hmm. And I hope that I still remember that uh, if a business fails and I have to eat ramen for a while or something. Um, So I would like to say that I would not dwell on it Uh and I would reflect on what I could have done uh, or what I could have made other people do to save the business. Uh Um, And if that originates in a bad idea and I honestly to myself can't find any way that I could have rescued it, I just have to let it go. 
But if there were some critical errors that I could have prevented, you gotta remember that. Maybe keep a notebook or something yeah. for your next venture. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you have to learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Otherwise, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, right? Uh, that won't work. But I, I definitely feel like you shouldn't dwell on it at all, yeah. right? Recognize what you um, did wrong. Yeah. Take your, uh, even if it was someone else's blame, if you're responsible for that, it was your blame Yeah. in the beginning from like, from its inception, I guess I could, I could put it that way. But from what I, from what I've gathered, right. Again, like what, what I, especially me, like what I discuss in, in the podcast, it's stuff that I hear around, but it doesn't mean that I, uh, it doesn't mean that I'm always correct or that I'm ever correct. Yeah, for sure. It's just opinionated, right? Yeah, but I think you're right that you shouldn't like. It's easy to say now because uh, definitely. Yeah, it's we're fine right now. Uh-huh. Uh- <laughs> no, but I feel like with uh, failures or like small small failures, yeah. right? Or or things that just go wrong in your day. I feel like when you start to pay attention to that. Uh, I've I've started to do that. Whatever it is, I don't know. <laughs> yesterday, for example, yeah, that was yesterday. Yeah, I left my computer in a classroom. I forgot it in the classroom. It was full of people yeah. that I knew. It was safe, but I went to the other building, which which is like a couple meters away. I, I don't know, hundred meters? No, I I don't know how long away. But it, it's like the same complex. Yeah, but you have to go out of a building and go to another building, right? And I had a meeting with a teacher in the other meeting, mm. and I had to run back. But instead of going to the meeting and, and being like, "Oh shit, I can't do the meeting," or "Damn, what am I gonna do now?" Whatever, I, I just said, "Hey, teacher, give me a second. and I ran two minutes. And uh, I go back. Yeah, that's it. You just go for uh, and fix it. Yeah, because yeah, that's I, a clear I, example where you shouldn't dwell on it. Yeah, I feel like the main problem of dwelling on it is not like uh, that, like learning from mistakes, right? Not that that is a problem. I, I mean the the main thing with it, right? Uh, but I feel like the main problem would be losing time with it. Yeah. Or, or even losing brain power on it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I guess you could put it that way. So, in conclusion, don't dwell in it. <laughs> yeah. I don't I know. The story. <laughs> that's it. But, yeah, I can for sure say that once you get to that mindset, it's all about your mindset. It's yeah. not anyone else's. It's not like you have to get motivation from someone somewhere else not to think about that. Yeah. So if anything goes wrong, you just go ahead and fix it. Yeah, because I think what you said about you're not going to get motivation somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I like live by that. And that's why I, I hate these YouTube videos that are like, get inspired. Yeah, yeah, aesthetics, yeah. 18 months, <laughs> transformation. I can't. Yeah, no, like, why would I even compare myself to you, right? Yeah, and I, I don't think... I, I'm not going to judge you for, for putting it out there, which yeah. it's cool. 
right? But I I don't get motivation from that. Yeah, I don't think that they're doing anything wrong. And I think no. it's great to compare yourself to some people where you want to be. Because you have some sort of goal that you want to look like them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're looking for 18 months of motivation, you have to, from out of nowhere, I think you have to restart and do some digging. Because <laughs> you're not going to watch the, be able to watch that YouTube video like every morning. And just get motivated by it. It's gonna lose its like thing in a week. Another thing that actually the book says, yeah, uh, and it is about motivation and how it, it should come from inside. Yeah, but not only that, it it should come from a passion that you have, and not only material rewards or the reward itself, yeah. right? Be it money, be it whatever, uh, fame, whatever it is. If you're focused on the destination rather than the goal you're not going to have enough motivation for it yeah what do you think is that true i think that's very true yeah because um, I, yeah. I have some friends that think hey money is a good enough motivation i need money no is it no it's not no because it's it's one of those things that like you hear all the time you shouldn't go for just money okay why right money's fun that's what you think like no but uh, even the other side, like um, people say, you shouldn't just think of money. Yeah, right. But then you're like, money is good. Yeah. Why shouldn't I just think of money? And I think that uh, there are very, very few people that actually take that to heart. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that's a really important life lesson that you can't really learn in any other way than to experience happiness from other things than money. Because uh-huh. uh, there's like... You know, uh, money can't buy happiness. No. Uh, and there's a spin on that too. That, but have you ever seen a sad person on a jet ski? And no, I mean, yeah. Or have you, or have you ever seen a sad person with a penguin or whatever? Uh, and I think that's it's funny, but in like, it's not gonna give you long term happiness. I don't think you. Not only that, but in these cases, you never have really the big picture or yeah, the full picture. Yeah. So, if I actually subscribe to this, that you shouldn't judge someone at all, like a specific person. I'm not saying a, a type of person that does that. Sure, do that. But a specific person, because you, you're never going to know everything that happens to that person, yeah. right? You, you can judge a behavior because you're assuming that the behavior is like that. Sure. But if I get you as an example, and you're on the jet ski and you're having fun, I can't say, yeah, you always have fun because yeah. you have money, right? <laughs> like, it it just doesn't work that way. I think that money um, doesn't make you happy, but it gets you free from worry. Because uh-huh. if you're linked to paycheck to paycheck, sure. uh, like feeding ramen to four children uh-huh. that are yours, not random street kids, uh-huh. yeah. um, that's going to be rough. And you're going to be yeah. probably really sad. But if you can, like, feed your kids, pay your... Mm-hmm. Bills. Yeah, pay your bills and uh, I don't know live. Yeah, I don't yeah, think of course a lot of happiness is gonna stem from uh, more money. Well, what I mean by by like what people think of having money, yeah, really is like more money than you actually need to to survive or not to survive, but like to live normally. Yeah, to live right. That's a yeah. I feel like you should at least get that, and you can get that without even without going to college or anything like yeah. that. You can and. For sure, you can get much more than that without going to college. It really depends. Yeah. But yeah, that's a conversation for another day. 
<laughs> uh, the last question in this topic that I wanted to ask you is, do you like failing? Yes and no. Yes and no. Why is it yes and no? It's always yes and no, but um, I mean, no, but it's when, I mean, in the moment where you fail, I think there's very few people that can instantly recognize that, oh, I learned something from this. Because when you fail, you, I mean, I always, I always, or almost always expect to succeed. Um, and with some, like, with a grain of salt, like, yeah, uh-huh. not 100%, but um, I'm in it to win it, baby. so uh if i like truly fail i will be disappointed probably Uh but then sometime later i will reflect on it and realize that oh i learned this this and this and in the end it wouldn't have mattered as much if i would have succeeded in this thing um and it's a lot more the lessons that i got are a lot more valuable Mm-hmm. than if I would have won or succeeded. Yeah. Look, that that's definitely true. But I feel like one of the main issues with not liking to fail to fail. Yeah. Right? Or pretty much being sad like you like you said you were. It has more to do with human nature than we might think. Yeah. From what I've gathered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to make that clear. But it might have to do with the the sense that we as human beings don't want to be rejected. Yeah. Okay. Bear with me. Yeah. Uh, well, we always say we're social creatures, and we are, because without other people, we can't really uh, survive. Yeah. At least not in the wilderness, whatever you want to say, it. however you want to say it. But that's where the the fear from rejection stem from stems from so when you fail yeah many times you feel bad not because you failed but because you actually care too much about what other people will think when they hear you failed yeah that's really interesting do you think that that has any merit to it yeah um I'm just sitting here thinking of like the difference because um, I, I try to uh, think of some points in my life where I was disappointed um, from failing and where I was not. Mm-hmm. And I think that really um, like matches up with your description because uh-huh. uh, at one point I could see like uh, the preliminary, I don't know, uh, grades uh, that the schools put out that this is what you're going to need to get into uh, the school. Um, in uh, ninth grade, I didn't get into the preliminary thing. Uh, and I was like, well, that's it. It's over. Because that, that was uh, something that I was really focused on. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's really true to what you uh, said. That, uh-huh. yeah, it's a different type of failure from, as another example, where a co coworker or my boss tells me to get the 840 G5 computer from this section and I go and get him the wrong computer. Uh-huh. I mean, I have failed, but when he tells me... Sure, it's more of a mistake. Yeah, right? it's more of a mistake. Uh, but since I don't... Or like even if I would screw something majorly uh-huh. that I like kind of cared about, 
I don't care about that job. It's not important to me or to who I am. I don't define myself by working in a mm-hmm. warehouse. And I don't care if I fail or if I would, if I got um, fired, mm-hmm. I mean, I would be disappointed, but not because I got fired, like, because I would like to keep the job. I'd like to keep the money that I would have gotten from the job. Uh-huh. But at the same time, if you have the mindset that, hey, look, I am completely capable of finding another job quick, yeah. right? And that, of course, there are many variables there. Yeah. doesn't have to be true. But if you have that, or, or even the mindset that in the end, everything is going to be all right. Having that can change how you view that that problem so like if you if you pretty much get fired from a job yeah but at at the end of the day you're like whatever i'll move on i won't dwell on it like we said then you will take less time to find the other job yeah i don't know just going by common sense yeah it's true i Uh, mean uh, i think there's um kind of a difference also when getting fired from like this kind of job or when failing in a business that you created because there's like i don't if i get fired from this job i don't think i'm gonna reflect on it i'm gonna say tough shit and i'm gonna move on because i don't think there's a lot of lessons to be learned um aside from like the uh, really obvious ones like maybe you shouldn't i don't know there may have done that that mistake whatever it is um but when you fail as a business like that's you need to, since uh, if you don't have any other plans that you're gonna when my business shuts down i'm gonna start working at mcdonald's uh-huh. and i'm not gonna pursue this thing anymore um then you don't have to reflect because it's meaningless but if you you want to start again and like get back up on your feet and start another venture um that's when it's important to uh learn from your failures i believe yeah i uh, i can i can tell you now that I have had that experience with uh, one of my major pro- projects, I, I could say. Yeah. Right? You know about the t-shirt company and whatever. I do. One, right? I got one. You got one. Yeah. I, I know. So I I started it with uh, drop shipping. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah. It's pretty much you get a product, you, you buy a product from a supplier, and you send it directly to the customer. So you never have stock. Right. Yeah. Which is, it's good for you. Yeah. It could be good for connecting uh, suppliers to, to consumers. However, the consumers can always go directly to the supplier, especially if it's easy to get to yeah. the supplier, like AliExpress or whatever. So I knew from the beginning that the only way that that could happen, that could happen or that could work was if I had this product that was very much in hype, that w- I didn't have a very big margin on it. Yeah. Sure. And one product only. So... I learned that, so I moved on on the same brand to create uh, these shirts. Yeah, there are to do uh, that have to do more with marketing <clears throat> and stuff. But at the same time, I I could consider it a failure because I didn't I didn't sell much at all. Yeah, right. And uh, from the beginning, even before the shirts, I I could really feel this thing that I was telling you about. From my, my own experience, I could feel that when people ask me, hey, how's the business going? I was like, yeah, it's going good. <laughs> then they're like, yeah, how much money have you made? Enough. 
<laughs> zero, negative, yeah. whatever. Uh, but then in the end, in the very end, it helped me. First of all, my main objective with it was to learn from it, right? Yeah. So from that standpoint, I did not fail. I succeeded. I did learn from it for sure. But it actually really helped me to realize in the end that all of these worries that I had uh, about what other people would think shouldn't matter at all. Yeah. Only what I'm doing with it. Only if I fail to deliver what I set out to do for myself. And I didn't. I did, I did everything that I could uh, with the knowledge I had, yeah. which was limited. And now I have more. And I feel like if you are self-aware enough to realize that, that will help you go on another project. So what's your goal in starting this business, like making money? It was making money slash learning from it. Yeah, or learning from it before but yeah of course it's a business uh, yeah of course but i mean i i'm get, i'm just guessing that like making or like living off uh, these shirts maybe wasn't your main priority no I'm no just it wasn't that it, your main focus was learning from it right yeah I, I would say that living from it was definitely not my goal yeah only if i really got it going after six years yeah or something right but of course, I can't keep injecting money into it and keep losing money. At some point, I have to realize, hey, that's not doing well enough. Yeah. Let me move on. And right now, I'm working on this. This is uh, pretty much free. Free, right? Takes my time, and I like it. Yeah. And I feel like it's a very productive way to put out ideas, not only for people to listen, but for me and the people that I have on, to maybe learn together from it. Yeah, kind of reflect on what you're saying yourself as well. Exactly. It, just as a segue uh, or a detour, I mean, here, um, I, I heard that the best way for you to learn, yeah, one of the be better ways at least, apart from experience, is something that the school doesn't actually help you much. And it's self-reflection. Yeah. And that's on your own. It's only for you. The school can tell you to do it but still it's you yeah that, that does it and they're kind of like the best combo i guess uh would be failure and then reflecting on it but that doesn't really come easy in school or it came comes with them some really bad side effects where uh -huh. if you fail yeah you get an f or whatever you maybe you get a b because you want an a uh -huh. uh, but you're still gonna shoot yourself in the foot for your future so you're not encouraged to fail at all. No, no, no. And you I, should be encouraged to fail. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard people say that they love to fail. Yeah. Right? And those same people are not very good in a school environment yeah. to start off with. I, I believe that you should do the bare minimum. Like high school, you should, you should put effort not only to, um, like, it, because also... If you don't put any effort and you know you'll fail, then it doesn't matter, yeah. right? Or then it it won't teach you any lessons. Yeah. But if you actually go for it and you fail, then you can you might learn something from it, or if you might even learn discipline. Yeah. Right. How to discipline yourself? There are many ways to do that. Like going to the gym, for example. That's a very good example because you do that on your own as well. You don't need a coach, and you shouldn't have a coach, because then you yeah, you, you go by yourself. There. Yeah, you have to set your schedule 
to go by yourself. Yeah. I feel like that's a great way to, to start it as well. Yeah, I guess uh, becoming like a Buddhist or something, going uh, be, becoming a monk or something would be a viable way. But I think what you're saying is true. People who, I don't think you should get like a personal trainer to... Sure, to help like, you like... Maybe to define the habit. Your, yeah, yeah to the, the habit, but not a coach. Define goals that, and get into the habit, but not... Um, yeah, not make you go to the gym. Yeah. First of all, it's way too expensive here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. I, I don't believe in it. Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah, I agree. It's reasonable. Uh, to finish off with social skills as well, I wanted you to mention some uh, examples that you told me you would right. about Swedish culture and how that's different from maybe other places. Um, just as like social interactions in general yeah what are the norms here and what's different because being a foreigner it's i mean i can see it yeah right but i can't really say hey they do that for sure yeah and that's what i've um i mean it's it's hard to realize when uh i've only lived in sweden uh, but i mostly notice it when just being on i don't know vacation or trips with school or something um that like swedes are weird (laughs) like we're really awkward how so extremely awkward awkward. uh just the whole like the most daily thing um standing at least one and a half meters apart at the bus stop um and definitely not talking to anyone not making eye contact that that's death (laughs) like at you you'll if you're in like uh, the subway in Stockholm or something, you're gonna look at everyone's like crotches if you're sitting like next to each other because you just can't look anywhere else because people are standing up. Yeah, it, it's in the ceiling or like the floor or something. It, um, but just being really polite and or just no, be, be being polite, sure. But it's because it's a different definition. Yeah, of being polite, I I wouldn't right? say being polite just to be nice. It's uh, be polite to not inconvenience others because mm-hmm. that's like the worst thing you could do In- inconvenience yeah. people like uh, or not just in like time or anything but like making them anxious or uncomfortable mm-hmm. like americans i don't know if you've been on a, an american bus but they're loud and people yeah. are talking and uh-huh. they're not talking by swedish standards they're screaming <laughs> they're yelling um, i know because i sometimes i like from time to time i hear americans like you can always hear them like yeah the you'll, and you'll know a, i can i can tell you that it's the same thing with brazilian people yeah it's the same exact thing and of course there are many different people but there are people that speak very loudly yeah and i i personally don't like that but at the same time i feel like it it could be part of your identity as well so as yeah. long as you don't shout in the bus i hopefully it'll be like a reflection of your identity if you're like really Outwards going, you'll be loud because you're uh, you like to be seen. Mm. You don't. You're not loud just because you you want to attract be, attention. Because you want to attract attention, okay. exactly. Um, but I think that just we're like being loud. Uh, everyone just looks at each other with this like common. Mm. You like you you know when you look at someone and you both just communicate like with a stare at each other like what is this guy doing if he's talking on the phone because uh-huh. people will almost whisper i don't it took me like to the second year of high school where i could comfortably speak in my phone at a 
regular uh, level. Not still not inconveniencing anyone at uh-huh. of course, um, but just so that the other person could hear me. Oh my god! Because I was deathly afraid of speaking too loud. <laughs> so answer me this: What is the problem with uh, seeking attention in general? In your opinion, I just want to know. I don't think there's any problem with seeking at- attention per se. Okay, and it's a really weird thing because everyone needs attention. And everyone knows that everyone wants attention to some extent, but it's not okay to show everyone else that you need attention. Why? I do not know. <laughs> I'm just guessing that there's probably some like evolutionary thing. Sure. As usual. Yeah. Um, yeah. We are a product of it. So. Yeah. But that's a really hard question. I don't think I can answer that, honestly. It's some sort of like I can't either, but it's a nice discussion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I'm gonna think about it too hard. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, but maybe I look. Like I said, I'm not gonna be able to answer it either. Yeah. But I I feel like it it may tap into that same thing that we we talk about. Oh, I talked about on being rejected. And uh, when you do seek attention from other people, when, for example, you're too needy, yeah, that might be a turnoff point for some people, yeah, or many people. No, not only that, but maybe because uh, you are just different, or you feel like you feel like you're entitled to more. Whatever, yeah. or that's what other people see from that's you. That's probably the large part of it. Right? Then you may be rejected. And that's why people may be uh, afraid of standing out. Yeah. So may- maybe that's that could explain two things. Both seeking attention and being afraid of standing out. So maybe it has to do with the same thing that we, we talked about before. Yeah, I think that just... Because there's like... You don't want to be like exactly like everyone else no you want to be inside like kind of inside the box mm-hmm. but you also like there's a some you want to find some middle ground you want to be kind of unique okay but you don't want to be weird why because it's not socially acceptable to be weird because okay. you then you won't get the type of attention that you want okay so why would you care if people thought that you were weird. Because it's in human nature, I think. Okay. And would you say you personally, not in, nothing to human nature or anything, would you like to be in the middle ground? Uh, or would you prefer to be more on the... Maybe some people would see you as weird, but you know yourself that you are doing the right thing for you. And in the end, uh, you are actually, how can I phrase this? Uh, you, you don't care about what they actually yeah. think, right? Because that would, caring about what people think would just hinder your progress. I think I'm kind of in the middle of both. Okay. And... I am very in the middle of the middle and the, yeah. the extreme. Okay, uh, or maybe not like the extreme, but some not the extreme. Well, yeah, whatever. But the somewhere other side. out there, 
because um, I was really anxious when I was uh, little, and I really hated thinking about what people thought of me. Um, can't tell. Sorry? I can't tell. <laughs> um, but then when I started, there's actually like, I saw a YouTube video, which I think kind of defined who I now am. Like a 10 minute, like how to, I don't know what it was called, but something like how to look like you're confident or something. Just like, it, okay. it wasn't anything that I specifically looked for. It was just something that I saw like with a handshake again, of uh -huh. course. First time you're meeting someone, just go up, shake their hand. It displays confidence, like lay back and don't fiddle too much with I have a problem. I fiddle too much, but I try to <laughs> refrain from it. Um, and I did that the first time I met my friend Fabian uh, uh -huh. in high school. Um, and he actually told me like half a year ago that his first impression of me was that I kind of, yeah, I looked confident, uh -huh. which I most definitely was not. I was shaking. I was so scared. My palms were just waterfalls really? i was yeah i was so scared um but with time and kind of just trying to be confident i conf confident i kind of like found it somewhere along the way mm -hmm. and i people always say like oh i don't care about what people think of you that also has to come from the inside someone just can't tell you just just don't care no yeah because like i work. can't stand here and say uh and tell you all of this yeah. And you're just going to accept it, yeah. conform to it. You have to find that. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that when you kind of find that nice balance, that you're not completely normal, that you, you're not weird, but you kind of stand out. People kind of remember you, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but you're not weird so that people won't want to hang out with you. I think you found the best middle ground for... People remember you from like I know I don't know a, a party or something, um, but they won't remember you for a bad reason, so you won't get invited to the next one or something like that. Sure, uh, I feel like the the most effective way to do that is that not really caring about the next yeah. party. Yeah, right. Yeah, I I don't know if you if you really agree, but it's I guess it, well from my point of view that's that's more like it, but. I also have a similar story. Yeah. Because Can I just uh, interject? I think you're, that's really true. Uh, now that I think, of, because I never really thought about, okay, we need to network with this person so uh -huh. that we can get invited to more parties. But I imagine that if we did, me and my friends, um, it would be weird because it's not natural. And uh -huh. I think people sense that when you're looking to gain something from them, yeah. they will know. Yeah. I feel like you shouldn't be afraid of well, you shouldn't be afraid of doing stuff for your own gain. However, you should really know how to deal with people's emotions as you you should be aware that other people don't respond well when you you show that you don't care about other people. Yeah. Right? So the best way to do it is to help other people because you know that by helping other people, you will help yourself eventually. Yeah. In the long run. And that's that's just the truth. And it doesn't matter if it's from selfish intent. Because in the end, everyone's going to be happy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yeah. I, I, I just wanted to say that I, I have a similar story to you, yeah. actually. 
because uh, I didn't see any videos or anything like that. But there was a point when I switched. Uh, I switched schools back in Brazil. Like I was four years in one school and then four years in another. Then when I was, uh, I went. I I was gonna switch back to the school I was in before. I did, and I I made a promise to myself. I don't want to be that shy kid anymore. Yeah. Like, sure, it could have been from like uh, even like social norms or anything like that. Uh, that like, yeah, if you're shy, you're gonna get less. But I knew that I could change it. Yeah. Right. And that I maybe deep within me, I wasn't shy at all, but I ended up being that way, just because maybe I was awkward or whatever it was. But I just decided to change that, and I. I guess I, it's not that I knew how, but I, I knew how to start. Yeah. And I did. And then when I got back to the school, everyone said, yeah, that school that you went to changed you. And I was like, no, no, it didn't. I was even worse there. Yeah. Even worse. When I got back, I was, I was better. And I only stayed half a year there. And then I came here. I think that's like the exact same thing that happened to me, uh-huh. except that it was the transition from ninth grade to first grade in uh, high school uh-huh. uh, or yeah, tenth grade I, I or did whatever. tenth grade yeah yeah um that's like because i i had the same experience that i felt like i wasn't shy um at all i shouldn't be shy and i wasn't really shy uh, at the end uh, of the, my ninth year um but that i was kind of defined as not like not shy but not super confident somewhere in the middle where you're not like Eh, it's it's kind of just a meh thing. Like maybe you're a little bit awkward. Maybe you're middle ground. Yeah, but you're not too special, or people don't remember, might not remember you too. Yeah, much. exactly. Is that it? Yeah, probably. Um, I can relate. Yeah, uh, and I feel like I relate a lot to your story because uh-huh. um, when I went like in sixth grade, I felt completely confident. I did not care like at all what people thought of me. I have a, like, a, do you know what a, it's called? A commits. Like a full uh, body pajamas thing. I had one. Where oh, you mean like a like a no, not an overall. Uh, a jumpsuit. Like, sorry, a jumpsuit. Yeah, kind of with a hood. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. And it had like it made you look like like a koala. And I thought that's baller. <laughs> uh, so I you just wore, didn't care what other people. Yeah, think. I wore yeah. that to school because like, fuck it, dude. <laughs> hey, do, um, do you know in Indiana Jones? Yeah. I did it twice. I went to my school dressed up as Indiana Jones. Twice. And the worst part is that we had uniforms. And back in Brazil, uniforms aren't like uh, like ties and stuff like that. It's yeah. just like it's a normal t-shirt with the branding of the school and then a pants with the branding of the school and yeah. like a hoodie. And I went with that over the, the Indiana Jones thing. And then when I went back to the school, because it was the first school that I went to, right? When I went back to it, everyone was like, yeah, weren't you that Indiana Jones kid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. Because <laughs> I think there's a, there's like, I don't know if you did that out of, because um, I did my like koala thing because I didn't realize that it was weird. Okay. Did you do it? And, and then later. I don't. Did, it, did I, you do it because like out of just straight like confidence or because you did not know it, it was weird? Because there, I think there's a huge difference. I think it's always a com- uh, combination of a of confidence, but more so incompetence. 
like not knowing <laughs> yeah, just not knowing you it was weird i i guess like i had some self-awareness yeah right but i was like fuck it <laughs> i don't know i just liked it so much yeah i remember that at that time i thought yeah indiana jones he's older so he doesn't watch uh cartoons so i stopped watching cartoons for like months <laughs> i did i did as a kid I, I was i was like seven hey man <laughs> like why not yeah because i i i think that because like if i were to wear i could wear that or rather i could have wore that uh costume to my high school uh-huh but not because like i didn't know that it was weird it's because it would be funny because how it would look because i would wear it yeah with complete confidence that i look like a total jackass because then because then you're self-aware yeah it's like when you watch a movie it's um when it's like a horror movie that's uh trying to be a horror movie but it's failing yeah right horrible or you watch a uh horror movie that's that's about the same right it's it's not it's not scary and it's very funny but it wants to be funny yeah then it's self-aware it's the same thing with people yeah if you're self-aware of what you're doing, then you can... And people will tell. You just go. Go yeah. for it, right? So that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good conversation. I think it's very interesting, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've uh, brought up a lot of uh, very valid points and true uh -huh. true things. I think we're just... Uh, we agree on a lot, I feel like. Yeah. We're not, like, uh, having an argument. We're just, like... No, <laughs> no, we're discussing yeah. it. And it's great. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, it... It's different because I, I also like having arguments. Yeah. I, I also like um, disagreeing with people because it's fun. Other perspectives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had two people here and they had, uh, we were talking about economics. Yeah. They had completely different ideologies. Not completely different. It's not, it wasn't socialism versus capitalism, but it was more like, uh, I don't know. Do you know a little bit of economics? Yeah. Keynesian versus neoclassical. No. No. <laughs> That's a bit too much. No, it's like, uh, whatever. But they were opposite. But yeah. it, it was great to just have them talk about it. Yeah, because it wasn't it wasn't an, an argument per se. It was a debate. Yeah, as long as it's like some sort of civility in it, it's uh, it's fun. Great, dude. It was great talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> and that'll be all for today. But I'd, I'd be glad to have you back in again. Maybe yeah. we have some discussions with the other guys. Yeah, I right? would be glad to come. Well, thank you for coming. Thank Thanks you for, for watching. And see you next time.